We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. Uh, this is another edition of Upgrading the Mavericks. And instead of it, you know, focusing on other players, you know, who the Mavs could trade for or sign, this one is mainly focused on Chris Dobbs Porzingis. Because, you know, the Mavs, they have a situation where you have a guy, he's 25 years old, on paper, you know, he had his most efficient season uh, that he's had in his career last year. Uh, but, you know, he has health issues. He, his defensive abilities were just completely non-existent last year. To put it, I, I guess that's putting it nicely. <laughs> he, he was very frustrating on the defensive end of the court. I just, I don't know what they do with KP from here. It's nice that... KP is going into this offseason or he's already in this offseason and he went into it healthy for once that's that's like never happened in his career so if you're looking for a bright side like if the if his trade value is just so bad that they can't trade him while upgrading the roster uh and they do keep him it's like okay well maybe 
since he's had a full off season to work on his game and to work on his strength instead of having to rehab uh, for once, maybe that can make a difference. Maybe Rick Carlisle not being with the Mavs anymore. Maybe that makes a difference, uh, you know, with how, how Rick wanted to use him. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that, uh, they have a lot of questions this summer. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and, like, I'm going to talk about a few trade destinations and a few situations to where, you know, if the Mavs convince certain free agents to sign with them, there could be some sign and trade opportunities based on uh, which teams have had interest in KP in the past. But for the most part, I just I think it's just going to be very hard uh, for them to trade KP at this point. Now, if he comes back and starts the season, he's in excellent shape and he's working on his game and he looks, you know, really good and builds his trade value back up. Uh, some people have said, well, then you don't want to trade him. Well, I mean, I can see that too, but if he builds his trade value up to where you could get in on a, a Zach Levine situation or if the the Wizards finally decide to to pull the plug on, uh, Bradley Beal and KP's looking like a, a semi-star player again. Maybe you can get into something like that if KP shows that he does have, you know, that kind of potential and value again. Right now, though, it, it's just it's not looking great. So I'm trying to just accept that, that KP's going to start the season with the Mavs and just hope that, you know, having this long off season and having a new head coach with uh, – you know, a different strategy, a uh, different way of using him, hopefully. And maybe Luca, him and Luca can mesh a little bit better like they did the year before last and not this season. But I think it all starts with seeing if, if KP is able to get back his, his lateral movement, his athleticism on the defensive end, because he just looked completely lost on that end last season and in the playoffs. So, all right. Uh, like I said, Matt is not able to join me today, but I have my guy Grant here, colleague at DallasBasketball.com, and just recently got verified on Twitter. Congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 50, 50 attempts later, I finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was long overdue, man. I mean, you put in a ton of work, and you definitely deserve it, but... Uh, yeah, just branching off of what I've talked about so far. I mean, where are you at with KP? Because, like I said, I'm just I'm not sure the Mavs can trade him right now. I mean, they can, but I think it's a situation where they'd have to, you know, lose a trade pretty badly to trade him right now. I, I think it's more realistic that they start the season with him and try to build that value up a little bit. I agree. I think really the the main thing is like uh, with with KP uh, concerning the trade value, unless you have something lined up where it's a salary dump and you know for a fact you got commitments and free agency for players that are genuinely worth the salary dump, then that's pretty much like the the exception. Or someone just truly believes they can buy low on him, but not too low to where you're like thinking, you know, this is just too bad of a deal for me to take. I think trying to rehabilitate his value would probably be the best best case scenario all around uh, considering like there there will likely be a renewed mindset uh, with a coaching change uh, going into the offseason healthy as you said and um, you know like to be quite honest about it too like the weaknesses that he had were like uniquely magnified by the Clippers and small ball. Like he's a genuinely helpful player like he's not perfect and there's weaknesses like I know I harped on 
on a lot of those uh, like weaknesses that got magnified uh, in that series, uh, like on you know, like on Twitter and in articles. But like, I, I just feel like his movement in the off season, if he can work on that and recover it to previous levels, um, you know, like that that will definitely be a necessity. But also, you know, improving against those switches, if he can do that, like with his uh, post ups, that was that execution was poor in the playoffs and that's going to need to change. If he's going to be a co-star, like he can be a helpful player, but if he wants to be a number two co-star that those are the two areas he's absolutely going to have to improve for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think it kind of falls under the same category as what I've been talking about, uh, you know, the last month or so about the, I've, I've been calling it the, uh, the talent totem pole <laughs> for the Mavericks. And I, I've said that everybody on that totem pole just needs to, you know, probably come down a notch from where they're at. And I feel like KP is probably in that same boat. Uh, I know they they initially wanted him to be a number two, but I think he's probably best utilized as a number three. So if the Mavs, like say the our, our pipe dream from last week, uh, about Kawhi Leonard and you know Kevin O'Connor came out and said if he was going to leave the Clippers that it uh, the Mavs are considered uh, the favorites to land him, which you know you got to take all that with a grain of salt. But say that did happen, and you know the Mavs there if they renounce uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s rights and uh, especially if Josh Richardson opts out and renounce JJ Redick, all that stuff, there's a way to you know to where you could sign Kawhi Leonard and still keep KP. You don't have to trade KP to do that. So if if you're in a situation where they do something like that, then I think you've really got something there, especially considering that KP is, is healthy right now and he's had a full offseason to uh, work on his game instead of focusing on rehabbing and then starting the season playing catch-up. So I feel like if, if you put KP in that third that third star role or, you know, not even star, but just like third best player on the, on the roster. I think that helps a lot. And I see Nick in the chat down there. He said, I'd love to get him, him in a, Oh wait, he's not talking about KP. (laughs) He said, everybody's talking about Lonzo ball and saying, love to get him in a good starting center. Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, I don't know how we got off on the Lonzo ball thing there, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'd love to. I'd love to add Lonzo Ball and like uh, you know, uh, say a guy like uh, Rashawn Holmes. But the thing with that, I saw somebody put that scenario out there on uh, on Twitter earlier today. I feel like if you're gonna get, if you're gonna try and get Rashawn Holmes, you have to do something different at the four. Like you definitely have to try and sign and trade KP and and upgrade uh, at the four. To, to have somebody better defensively because K- this current version of KP plus Holmes uh, defensively would be a disaster in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but, I completely agree because you, you can't have that lack of foot speed uh, paired up together with how small everyone's uh, uh, gearing their lineup uh, to being for sure. Yeah. And look, I mentioned it earlier, Grant, but if you look back and obviously things can change over the course of two full years, but or two and a half years now, but if you look back around when it was before KP got traded and there were rumors that came out that, you know, the Spurs were very interested in, in trying to trade for KP and the Raptors, I think it was the Raptors and the Heat. 
as that those were the three teams where it was rumored uh, that they had interest in KP, and that can change obviously. But I'm looking at it now, and I'm thinking, you know, given what it's rumored that Demar Derozan could command uh, for a contract on this year's un- unrestricted free agency market, like would the Spurs be interested in KP at this point? Like if if you sign Demar Derozan. Could there be a sign-and-trade opportunity there? Or, like, you look with Miami, they have a team option for Drogic. They could uh, they could accept that or uh, exercise that team option and use him in a sign-and-trade uh, with a couple other pieces added. I mean, uh, ideally, and Ethan said it in the chat here, too, don't trade KP in the division. I really don't even want to trade KP in the, inside the conference. You know, I, when all that Golden State Warriors rumors came out, around the trade deadline, I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> I mean, d- depending on what they send back, maybe it would be okay, but I would just rather send him, send him east. You know, uh, Miami, there's rumors about the Wizards that they've been monitoring uh, his availability and uh, they've been monitoring the situation, seeing what they can do there. Uh, obviously, that wouldn't be a bill situation, though. They're probably trying to offload uh, – uh, Davis Bertans and something else, but I mean, what what do you think about the potential of a sign and trade opportunity? Let's start with the uh, the San Antonio DeRozan thing. You, are, do you feel the same way about trading KP in division or in conference? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
I think it depends on who the landing spot would be because, um, for example, like if it was to be the New Orleans Pelicans, I, I definitely wouldn't want to give Zion like the the spacing <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah. I, I think <laughs> like that would just be a nightmare. I feel like uh, like if it panned out and everything, um, uh, like for the for the Spurs, I feel like. It's kind of it's kind of tricky because uh, you know they they need a lot more uh, shooting to add to the mix with how low they ranked in all those categories and uh, I feel like that would help them but if they're losing DeRozan there's not a whole lot of firepower um, I feel like that they're going to be in a position where it's tough to get like the the main number one star with the you know how they kind of pride themselves on remaining competitive and those young players are going to continue to get better, so they'll probably be out of reach in one of those types of players unless they just absolutely hit on a uh, draft pick. So I wouldn't really uh, personally be overly worried about the Spurs, especially if you know you're getting a player that fits a need that you that you really need to resolve, and there's not a whole lot of means to do it. Like if you can replace um, like in the role player spots um, around uh, Demar and Luca, I think that's worth considering, but. Um, yeah, like unless it was like some team where you're like, I don't want to give Zion spacing. I think I'd be, I think I'd be all right with it. Yeah, and I mean, again, the the unknown of it is what makes it hard because, like I said earlier, on paper, you still have a guy, you still have KP. He's 25 years old. Uh, other than that, very unfortunate contact meniscus injury in the playoffs last year. You know, that's really the only issues he's had. Uh, from injury standpoint, since he's been in Dallas, uh, so if he can get back to where he was before that meniscus injury, uh, because last se- last off season he was rehabbing the the off season before that he was rehabbing the uh, the ACL injury that he suffered in New York. So if he can just get back to where he was at, then it's like okay, you really have something here because he's shown what he can do offensively. It's the it's the defensive side of the ball where the biggest question is, um, and he has to. It's not really just that either. It's also how he wants to play the game because I think if he could commit to playing more of a team style of basketball instead of wanting to do the ISO thing. I feel like that's something he picked up from Carmelo Anthony in New York and he just never let go of because far too often, you know, does he have the ball in a situation where he could easily take advantage of a smaller player and he just decides to fade away uh, being heavily contested when he could, you know, <laughs> all it would take is a couple of uh, steps towards the basket and he's got an easy layup. So I don't – I think he's got to tweak the way he plays the game too. If you listen to his exit interviews and I, I get it, guys say stuff and you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but I genuinely believed KP when he said in his exit interviews that, that uh, he realized that he needed to get better. He needed to tweak his own game. I think he realizes that. And I think a lot of people realize too, like, yeah, KP was kind of frustrating this last season, but the efficiency was there, and like you said, Grant, the Clippers series specifically uh, just, you know, it put a much bigger spotlight on KP's, uh, uh, the disadvantages of having KP. So it was a bad matchup. I fully believe that if they had found a way to knock out the Clippers in the first round, KP would have had a much better series in the second round versus Utah uh, with, with Gobert. Because, I mean, look, I said it before, too, the Clippers, 
they can take Zubak out of the series. You know, they can just bench him and uh, go small, and it's not that big of a deal because Zubak is, you know, just a role player. He's a starter, but he's mainly just a role player. But Utah would not have been able to do that with Gobert. <laughs> Especially when you saw with what Terrence Mann uh, managed to do. Like, they, they made the bet, like, we're, we're paying so much for this rim protection. We're not going to give it up, and you're going to have to right. make us lose. And that, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think uh, they, in other matchups as well in the playoff run, like John Morant, like, they conceded the floater to him over and over again, and he uh, put up, like, historic scoring numbers uh, for, like, a player of his age due to that reason. Like, I think that that absolutely would have been a far more favorable series for KP. Yeah, and I mean, really, I mean, for Luka, too, because, I mean, if Luka's doing what he's doing against Kawhi, PG, and the Clippers, uh, you have to imagine going up against Utah, they they don't have any guy who can even, you know, think of stopping Luka. He might average <laughs> 45 for the series, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, overall, like I said, I, I'm I'm trying to be a little more optimistic about KP because I think unless they get in a situation to where uh, they convince a guy to sign with them in free agency and the team that's losing, whoever they end up signing, is like, okay, well, maybe we want to get something instead of just losing this guy for nothing. Maybe they take a chance on KP. I think that's the only kind of situation we're going to have – where KP wouldn't be on the Mavs to start next season. But uh, I just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. The new regime, having Nico Harrison and uh, Jason Kidd as a part of the new the new front office, two guys who are uh, player-friendly. And, you know, Nico Harrison, there's been some questions about, you know, well, is this just mainly about his connections or will he really know how to run a front office? Well, we're not far away from finding out. We're about, let's see, we're a little less than four weeks away uh, from free agency, and the draft starts a week before that. The draft is like two and a half weeks away, and that's when you really start seeing some trade activity. So uh, we're going to find out here pretty quick. But uh, while I got you here, Grant, uh, it's been a while since we since we had you back on here, but uh, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, – the Harrison and Kid hires. I mean, are you are you pretty optimistic about the change, or what are your reservations there, if you have any? I, th- I think from a front office standpoint with Harrison, I think I think it's an intriguing gamble to take, considering the struggles they've had with recruiting players and all that good stuff. I think if there's a way to overcome those struggles, it's probably with an out of the box idea, and you know whether it works or not, you know remains to be seen. But I think uh, just early indications from just like you know, being linked to a guy like Kawhi, like, you know, it's not saying that he's going to come or anything, or it's even likely or probable or whatever you want to say, but just the fact that there's relationships established with players uh, goes a long way. And I think for Jason Kidd, um, you know, I'm not intrigued with his coaching, uh, like execution in the last two stops that he had, but, um, you know, I think it's always important to have an open mind about, you know, when a coach switches teams, because for example, like I used to cover the Pacers uh, and Nate McMillan, there was legitimate concerns with how he approached like player management in the locker rooms, like relationship building uh, on the court, like the half court offense. It took a little while to modernize and all that good stuff. But I think he truly learned a lot from um, that experience 
and going to a team like the uh, like the Hawks, who had better fitting pieces for you know the lessons that he learned, and he could apply it, and he showed that he's improved as a coach. Like I think I think it, it's tough to really make declarations until we really see what you know either of those guys will end up doing. But there's there's reason for optimism if you just kind of look around the league for sure. Yeah, and I mean Grant, I I don't know if if you know this yet, but you know I I live in. Uh, south mississippi and i'm i'm only about an hour and a half away from new orleans i do come out to dallas to uh to cover games every now and then and just to go to games but uh i go down to new orleans every chance i get when the mavs are playing the pelicans and i remember when monty monty williams wasn't viewed as a good head coach you know he was down there and he would do a you know he had some good things he did but for the most part you know people down here just killed him (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they, they, they just, they wanted him out. They didn't think there was, you know, anything he could bring to the table as a head coach. And, uh, he was good with players and everything, but they were just like, man, this, this guy just can't coach. And here we are years later and he's, uh, up one to nothing in the NBA finals <laughs> with the Phoenix Suns. So, uh, I do think there is something to be said about guys who haven't had much head coaching success in the past, but, you know, they keep they keep staying the course and they learn and they progress and, you know, it just depends on the situation more than anything else. So yeah, Jason Kidd, he's he's had some, you know, really rough head coaching stops uh with the Milwaukee Bucks and the, the Brooklyn Nets, but uh from all accounts, at least me personally from what I've heard from people, these last couple of years where he was an assistant in uh with the Los Angeles Lakers it seems that he's learned a lot. It seems that he's grown a lot. And uh, everybody says that he has earned, you know, one more shot to try and be a head coach. Now, if it, if everything blows up and it goes like it did uh, with him in Milwaukee or Brooklyn this time around, it's going to be hard to ever see him getting another shot at being a head coach in the league. So I do, to, to a certain extent, Grant, I do think this is his last chance <laughs> to make it work. But uh, when you have a player like Luka Doncic on your team, uh, I think it's safe to say that your team's going to win a bunch of basketball games regardless of, you know, your X's and O's. So we will see how it goes, but I'm like you. I'm, I'm optimistic about it, about it. And even if he's not the greatest X's and O's guy uh, for the next three or four years or however long he stays with the Mavs, uh, if if his relationships, like with Nico Harrison, if those two guys, the combination of connections they have, if it's able to bring a lot more high talent to Dallas, then it was worth it. So uh, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, you have Luka Doncic. If you can get more talent around, around him, you're golden. Because we saw, even with this limited Mavs roster this year, uh, they were still very close to beating the Clippers and could have likely been in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I think it would have ended when they eventually faced the Phoenix Suns, but uh, you could you could see a path there for them if they had found a way to uh, to hold on and win that series against the Clippers. But um, yeah, so I, Grant, I appreciate you joining me today because, like I said, Matt, he's got so much going. On. It seems like Matt has like 
10 different sites he's writing for these days and <laughs> for sure <laughs> he, he just started uh he's doing a bunch of college football stuff like with the longhorns and for the aggies and he's thinking about starting like a, a longhorns podcast now so man he, he's got his, <laughs> he, he's he's stretched out a long way with all that stuff but hey he, he's he's bringing it in he's got to do what he's got to do <laughs> for sure but i appreciate it man we'll have to do this again sometime yeah, no doubt. I always love coming on. It's uh, I always enjoy listening too. I'm always in the in the room uh, hearing you guys talk about uh, you know everything maps. It's always a great listen for sure. Yeah, we get a little crazy during the off season. It's a lot of a lot of pipe dreamish stuff. But hey, you know I, we're in uncharted waters. The Mavs have never the the, the Mavs have never really gone big whale hunting while having a 22 year old. Uh, megastar who's been a all nba first teamer for two straight years so you got that going for you you got the new front office you know let's go let's see what happens <laughs> no doubt definitely a unique territory for sure well guys look that's going to do it for another episode of the math step back podcast appreciate y'all coming in and uh, listening to us today and be sure to go like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms if you listen on apple podcasts uh, go leave us a review we've been giving out some t-shirts here lately uh, just leave your twitter at or your instagram at or facebook whatever social media uh, you're on just uh, put a way for us to get in contact with you so if you do win a t-shirt uh, we can get one out to you we appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.